Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Pastor Jim's desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application to our daily lives. If you've been praying for something for a while, but it hasn't come to pass, take a second and think if you've actually been praying about it. In today's message, Pastor Jim lays out how unlike his father and grandfather before him, Jacob wasn't actually praying for a solution to the problems his family was facing. Once he left Bethel, he forgot about how God had provided for him up until that point. Don't make the same mistake. Take time to remember the Lord's goodness every day. Well, let's join Pastor Jim in the book of Genesis chapter 30 as he continues his message, God's faithfulness in the midst of a messy world. God often quickly forgives, and may that motivate all of us to live the same way. That doesn't mean you tolerate certain things that just are beyond limits, but, but you, know, you don't want to live your life in just a life of just angry with people all the time. What about Jacob now? I wonder what's going on in his mind. Is he starting to think right now, am I, am I with the wrong woman? Like, like, what's going on here? Wife number one has four sons and wife number two has none. What's, what's going on here? I don't know. Did, did he start to wonder, like, you know, all the sin in my life, the, the deception with my father, tricking my father to try to steal, my, steal the, the birthright, even though it was mine anyway? Is that, and, and my brother trying to cheat my brother out of things, is that all coming back to haunt me? You know, is it, is it what goes around comes around? Is a karma man? Like, like, what's going on here? Yet, this is what's so sad. He can't find it within himself to love Leah. He just can't. You, you know, maybe you're here and you're, you're younger. Sex does not equal love. And sometimes people learn that the hard way. And having a baby doesn't equal love. And so it's, it's you, she's thinking, well, if I just, just give him what he wants, then, then she, he's going to love me. But that's not what happens. You know, we said Jacob takes no part in naming the boys. Uh, maybe he's angry with the meaning of the names, too. And then we come into chapter 30, says verse 1, Now Rachel saw that she bore Jacob no children. Rachel envied her sister. She's not happy for her. She, she's jealous of her, and she said to Jacob, Give me children or else I die. Another version says, I, Or else I will die or I shall die. That's just, what, what is that? That's pain and frustration talking, Right? She's not going to just die from not having a child, but inside, she's dying on the inside. And, and there's just part of her that she's just this pain, and, and it's just too much. Now look at verse 2. And Jacob's anger was aroused against Rachel, and he said, Am I in the place of God who has withheld from you the fruit or the offspring or the children of the womb? Quite honestly, could you think of a worse answer than that? I mean, that's got to be the stupidest answer I have ever heard in my life. Your wife comes to you and she's painful because she can't have a child, and you're like, what do you think, I'm God? 
That's like, spend the next year on the couch. Really? That, that's just horrible. So what happens? In her pain, Rachel unloads on Jacob. And those of you who aren't married, that's part of what marriage is. Sometimes your spouse is just going to unload on you. They just, you know, they get away with it with you because you're not going to, you know, too much paperwork to fill out to end your marriage. So it's all right. You know, tomorrow's another day. But, but so they, she just unloads on him. And, and the thing is, she wants something good, doesn't she? She wants a good thing. Also, who knows? Maybe she's afraid of losing her husband. <coughs> maybe she's like, hell, listen, maybe he's going to take off with the baby factory. I don't know. Just keep, just keep making, you know, more kids. Mix that with, it says, Rachel saw no, no babies for her and her sister. Of all people, her sister's just pumping them out. Boys, in fact. I mean, remember we said that's how you really were valued in that culture, if you had boys. And she exclaims that she will die if she does not have children. And sadly, when we get to chapter 35, that's exactly how she's going to die. She's going to die in childbirth. How sad this situation. Two sisters, both jealous of each other. I'm jealous of this sister because she's so beautiful and he loves her the most. And I'm so jealous of this sister because she's the one having all the kids. Both of them in so much pain. And they can't even share in their pain together. Because jealousy has just, just gripped their hearts. They're all alone in their pain. There's something here that's really missing that Sarah, Abraham's wife, and Rebecca, Isaac's wife, had the same issue. They couldn't have children, but it went on for much, much longer. It went on for a much longer time. And the rivalry was different, that there was only one wife with each of them. But here's what was really different. Both Abraham and Isaac prayed to the Lord about their situation. There's absolutely no evidence of Jacob doing that here. Remember, he met the, the Lord in, in Bethel, and then the ladder came down from heaven, and he met God, had that encounter with God. But ever since then, it seems like he kind of forgot it. And that's a lot of people that have an encounter with God, but they, they don't pursue him anymore. And so he's, he's just he's sort of out there. And he's got, well, I got all these other women. We're going to see. They start, you know, doing a lot of different stuff. I think one of the things that a lot of us need to remember, and some of you may find this like horribly convicting, and it is, I think, for all of us, is a lot of times people complain about unanswered prayer. Do you ever hear anybody complaining about unanswered prayer? But a lot of times, it's really not unanswered prayer, it's unprayed prayers. Like we think we've been praying, but we really haven't been praying. You know, it's just like, well, I've been praying about it. And you got it, then you'd like, the Lord's like, really? Who have you been praying to? I, I haven't heard you praying about this. And so sometimes we, we think that prayers are unanswered, but maybe they're just unprayed. Jacob's answer is just 
It is beyond awful. It is beyond awful. It's important to remember this, that even if you think your theology is right, it is not always helpful. Can I say that again? And, I'm, and you know me, I'm a, I'm a theology geek. But a lot of times your theology might be right, but it's not always helpful. Hebrews 9.27 says this, And it is appointed for men to die once, but after this, the judgment. So God knows the day and the time someone's going to die. Okay? God knows. And you'll hear people say stuff to people like, well, it was just their time. So casually. You wait till it's somebody close to you. And you're going to be like, excuse me, would you mind just taking the knife out of my back here for a second? Because that is not always the most helpful thing to say to people. You see, having your theology right does not throw sensitivity out the door. You know, it's if you read any of the writing from the great reformer, John Calvin, he basically thought that God was in control of every single little thing that happened. And, and yet, they have letters of him writing to people in this congregation. There was one letter they have of, him writing to a young woman who lost her husband at a young age. And this is what he wrote. We do not know why God allows such things. You you might say, well, he's kind of shaving his theology. I would say, no, he's being a pastor. He's being a Christian. He's being a loving brother to a sister whose heart is absolutely broken. So Jacob throws sensitivity out the window, and he says, I'm not God. Let me translate this for you. This is not my fault. I mean, look at me. I'm making babies everywhere. (laughs) Right? It ain't me. Right? There's a great lesson for us here as well that Quite often when we are so busy defending ourselves or thinking how we are going to defend ourselves, we're not listening to what people are saying. We're so, they're saying something and a lot of times when people are hurt, they're just saying stuff that just doesn't doesn't really make any sense. You just got to learn how to just not worry about every little thing people say when they're hurting And then a lot of times people tell us stuff and we think we have this wise answer and we have to realize how often we come off so insensitive. And that's exactly what he's doing here. It's actually, you know, it's actually a reason why a lot of people don't want to share their pain with people. It's actually a reason why people don't want to share their struggles or their sorrow because they're afraid someone's going to just tell them like some kind of fix-it-all kind of thing. Or they're just, you know, afraid that they're going to get judged for something like that. How God wants us to be sensitive. Jesus went to the tomb of Lazarus and it said Jesus wept. And, and, And the next 
phrase says, and the Jews said, see how much he loved him. Now, I know there's theological people that say, oh, well, he was so sad that he had to take, uh, bring Lazarus back from the, uh, from the afterlife, back to this wretched world. I'm personally not there. I think he was just sad and grieved over what death, sin and death has brought into this world. And when they say, see how much he loved him, they could, they, they could observe how much Jesus loved Lazarus. The Bible says this, Romans 12, 15, and it's one of those verses almost all of us know and almost all of us violate. Romans 12, 15, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. You know, sometimes people have great success in their life are we, and people can't even rejoice with them. You know, if somebody... Somebody sent me a text yesterday in the congregation. They said, I got a promotion today. And I just said, I'm so proud of you. Right? I didn't, you know, I was. And so sometimes we, we can't rejoice with those who rejoice. And, and sometimes we can't weep with those who weep. You're like, well, I don't know what to say. Sometimes you just cry with them. Sometimes you just say, I'm really sorry this happened to you. Or I'm really sorry that you're going through this. Because there's some things you just can't change. You just don't fix it. You know, somebody comes to you with some disease and you're like, well, eat more peanut butter. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> right? I mean, it's like you, all these people, like, you know. All right, I'll get off the soapbox. Verse 3. Verse 3 shows us how a broken heart can lead to bad decisions. So she said, here is my maid, Bilhah. Go into her and she will bear a child on my knees. A lot of people don't really know what that means. On my behalf, could refer to adoption. We'll talk about that in a second. That I also may have children by her or through her I can build a family, another version says. Then she gave him Bilhah, her maid, as a wife, and Jacob went into her. Well, that's a surprise. So now he's sleeping with another woman. And Bilhah conceived and bore Jacob a son. Then Rachel said, God has judged my case, and he has also heard my voice and given me a son. Therefore, she called his name Dan. That means he has judged. And Rachel's maid, Bilhah, conceived again and bore Jacob a second son. Then Jacob said, with great wrestling, I have wrestled with my sister. And indeed, I have prevailed. So she called his name Naphtali. That means my struggle. So this is the way it worked, in theory anyway, that in their culture, not the Bible. Remember, the Bible is recording what's going on. It's not telling us this is what God wants us to do. Nowhere does God say, just keep Try and want more women, dude. Come on. The maid, if the maid or the servant has a baby, it belongs to the wife. That, that's the way it went. We don't have time to get into the particulars of that. There's a lot of different reasons. People were, the, you know, you might be, oh, people are dead or something like that. There's, we don't have time for that. So Jacob knows how horrible it worked for grandma and grandpa. Right? Sarah said, go to, into Hagar, 
and the result was Uncle Ishmael. And he got, if you don't know the story, they got run out of town by Grandma Sarah. All of a sudden, the son that they had, she didn't like so much. And, and I would also blame that on Abraham's lack of leadership. Like verse 2, Jacob continues with his insensitive lack of leadership, and he just goes along with the plan. Like she's dragging him along by his nose, right? You know, come on, go sleep with these girls. Okay, if I have to, right? <laughs> what a bozo. This goes under the heading, and let's go back to that culture. Just because it's legal does not mean that God is okay with it. We have that? Just because it's legal does not mean that God is okay with it. What is it? It's a shortcut. Remember, we've been talking that as we go all along. The other guy's got a shortcut to bring havoc into families, into people's lives, and beware of the shortcuts. Verse 9, the rivalry continues. What's happening? Well, her sister's gaining on her. When Leah saw that she had stopped bearing or having children, she took Zilpah, her maid, and gave her to Jacob as wife. That's four women. And that was the first season of the reality show, Sister Wives. <laughs> Have you ever seen that show? I'm like yelling at the TV, just leave, just leave. And Leah's maid Zilpah bore Jacob a son. Then Leah said, a troop comes. What good for, another version says, what good fortune? So she named his name Gad. I want to be like Egad. And that name means fortunate or lucky. And Leah's maid Zilpah bore Jacob a second son, of course. Now he's up to eight sons. Then Leah said, I am happy for the daughters will call me blessed, which means happy, so she called his name Asher. Um, Not much to comment on here. Uh, Pretty lame, except Leah says this, for the daughters, and talking about the people who are alive then, will call me blessed. Does that sound familiar to you at all? Centuries later, Mary, the mother of Jesus, will say this when the angel tells her about the son she will have, and he will save his people from their sins. He told Joseph, Luke 148, for he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant, for behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. Not the people just living at this time, all generations. That's why we call her the blessed mother. Well, that's the end of the story. Now, verse 14, now Reuben went in the days of wheat harvest and found mandrakes in the field. What, you're like, what in the world is a mandrake? That's a plant thought to increase sexual desire and fertility. No, God doesn't say it does, but that's what they think. And brought them to his mother Leah. Then Rachel said to Leah, please give me some of your son's mandrakes. Well, at least they're talking now, right? But she, Leah, said to her, she's annoyed. She's like, is it a small matter that you have taken away my husband? Well, he was supposed to marry her, 
but I know you're upset. So perhaps, and I suspect what's going on, that he's like Leah's the, the live-in wife, and the others are just visitors, if you know what I mean. Would you take away my son's mandrakes also? And Rachel said, you think she would go, no, you stole them from me. No, she doesn't say that. She says, therefore, he will lie with you tonight. As like, you can have them. For your son's mandrakes. Now, isn't this really interesting? You're like, would he do that for something that? I'm like, that's like cheesy. Well, he got his brother to give him his birthright for a bowl of stew. Verse 16, when Jacob came out of the field in the evening, Leah went out to meet him and said, you must come in to me for I have surely hired you with my son's mandrakes. And he lay with her that night. All right, now let's just hold on a minute here. She has to pay to have sex with her own husband. All right. Ladies, if that ever happens to you, married ladies, you tell your husband to come talk to me. <laughs> okay. Right? Because we'll take care of that right away. Verse 17. And God listened to Leah. You know, God has a soft spot in his heart for her. We're going to talk about that in a bit. And she conceived and bore Jacob a fifth son. Finally, the Bible makes a statement in this text that we can agree with. <laughs> Leah said, God has given me my wages because I have given my maid to my husband. That's bad theology. That's not true. So she called his name Issachar, which means reward. Then Leah conceived again and bore Jacob a sixth son. And Leah said, God has endowed me with good endowment. Now my husband will dwell with me because I have borne him six sons. Do you think that's going to happen? Well, you have no confidence in Jacob, do you? So she called his name Zebulun, that means honored. After which she bore a daughter and called her name Dinah, finally a girl. Man, maybe they'll get something going on in this family. <laughs> By the way, that was three more kids without mandrakes. Just, just, just making sure we're clear on the mandrakes. Some of you want to be like, you're, you're already thinking, Google mandrakes on Amazon. <laughs> right. Well, if you want to buy them, I got a bridge to sell you too. <laughs> then God remembered Rachel, and God listened to her. Finally, a mention of her praying. I haven't heard anything about that. And opened her womb, and she conceived and bore a son. This is not the one she's going to die with. And said, God has taken away my reproach or my disgrace. So she called his name Joseph and said, The Lord shall add to me another son. This is one ugly text. This is, ugly. this is what happens when people, you give them a Bible, right? And like most people, it's only Christians who pop all over the Bible. You know, like, that's why we go line by line, because what, what I mean, a lot of people read the Bible. Okay, turn to page 151, now 489, now back to 434, now ahead to 933. And then they're just picking verses out to make a case. So that's why we go line by line. Some of you are like tonight, like, I wish we didn't go line by line. And, and so, but there's some really amazing things here. Twice we just read that God listened to them. 
Remember that next time you sing Amazing Grace. Don't go through the motions. That's amazing grace. No matter all that's going on, it says that God listened to them. They're taking shortcuts with maids. They're selling mandrakes. They're exhibiting no faith at all. And what happens? God hears their prayers. I think a better way to put it is that God heard the pleas of their aching hearts. God heard the pleas of their aching hearts. And I don't, I don't mean to be disrespectful to God in any manner at all. If you know me, you know I'm, I love him. I know he loves me, but I'm terrified of him. Okay? But I've come to learn that God sometimes can be a softy. That sometimes he's just like, you know what? I really don't want to watch this and I'm going to fix this situation. Thanks for listening to Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Changed by Love is designed to bring you hope, encouragement, and the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Please pray with us that Changed by Love will make a profound difference in many lives. We are stronger together than we could ever be apart. Teaming together in prayer is the key to a spiritually rich life. It really does take a team of praying individuals to reach thousands. Thank you for being a part of the Change by Love support team. To find out more ways to team with Change by Love, go to our website at changedbyloveradio.org or you could call 862-217-9686. Thank you for spending time with Pastor Jim Kevney and Changed by Love.